You're listening to the Type 1 Run Podcast. Leave no ones behind. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 22 of the show. I'm your host as always, John Fody. Today on the show I have Kate Field, who recently ran the New Jersey Half Marathon. But I was able to catch up with her before the race, actually a couple weeks before the race, and get some pretty cool insight into her training and her Type 1 management. And I also caught up with her after the race and got the full scoop. And without further ado, here's my interview with Kate. Kate, what's up? Hey, John, you there? Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of weird settings on these things. And it's always interesting the first time people get on Skype again, because a lot of times when people call me, they haven't used Skype in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I use it at work a lot, but obviously that's with different equipment. So. Yeah. You mean like... You have to use it for work or you choose to use it for work? Uh, I use it. I have to. I use it uh, sometimes to conduct interviews at work. Yeah. Uh, cool. With pe- people who are, you know, out of out of the city. Yeah. I, I think I saw on your profile that you work for Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. What is that like? Because I feel like it's got to be like the biggest Parks and Rec in the country, right? At least like... Um. S- like city wise, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have like a very specific kind of um, atypical job uh, in the parks department, which is working for Fresh Kills Park, which is the former Fresh Kills landfill on Staten Island. Um, so we're like a small, about ten person team. Yeah, uh, and we work kind of independently, so it's a little little different than working for you know parks in general. So I'm in Enterprise, Alabama, and I imagine the Parks and Rec Department here is probably one person, like, sitting in City Hall, and they probably also have another job. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, so could be smaller than here. Um, Where where am I calling you from today? So, like, where do you actually live? Uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York, but um, I'm actually in Anancock, Virginia right now, Hmm. which is on the eastern shore of the Chesapeake. So you're t- technically part of the New York City Type 1 run, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was kind of reading through, like, all of our different chapters. And I, I think you were in the New York chapter, but, like, you're going to try and start doing runs in the Brooklyn area because I, I think it's probably hard to commute back and forth easily, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. The New York chapter is sort of, like, having some splinter groups sort of start to go off. Um yeah, I think we're that's natural, still, too. I mean, I've actually, I've right now only gone out for a social uh, sort of um, event with the those the Type 1 Run people in New yeah. York. Uh, but we're trying to get some more, like, Brooklyn Runs going and stuff like that, too. Yeah, I think the goal for it, too, is just to, like, for eventually for the groups to get big enough that you have, like, people that you just run with consistently. Not because they're Type 1s, just because... Or not because they're in type one run, but just because, you know, y'all are training together for a race and it just happens to be your run buddy. You know what I mean? That's like the goal is yeah, just exactly. to connect people so that they're running all the time together. Not like, yeah, these, these big events are great and we like to have, you know, like these flagpole events that we do for each chapter. But also just to, to find people so that they can run together, like two people that are already running on the same day, they just run together, you know what I mean? Right, so. more about just like getting the community, yeah, like, more set up, yeah, ri- like a just a richer, like more dense community. You know what I mean? So, totally. At least like when I got diagnosed, even as soon as last year, it was like 
just a lot more like online support. You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot of like mm-hmm. people that lived right down the street from each other that were type one and running, like actually getting together. You know what I mean? Like there was always some barrier. You know, yeah, so, totally. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, so in your email, you had kind of talked about, you obviously balance a lot of hats. I think you said you're like a Coast Guard certified boat captain or ship captain. But I'd like to take it back a little bit further. Um, yeah, so talk to me about how long you've been type one and kind of how that evolved into running for you. Because it seems like you've been running since like maybe the last like five, ten years, something like that. Yeah, I think I've been running for, I guess it's around 13 years now or 14 years kind of since um, like my junior, senior year of college. Uh, but I've been a type one since 1988. So I was diagnosed, um, a couple months before my fifth birthday and I was really not a particularly athletic kid, um, which in retrospect, I sort of realized was partially because I feel like I was exhausted sometimes, um, you know, sort of through middle school, high school, um, from, you know, sort of having a high blood sugar or anything like that. And, um, I just didn't really, I did a lot of sailing, um, which was, you know, is is a kind of sport, um, but sort of, uh, a different type of sport than running. Certainly. Is that like a, is that like Um, a family hobby? No. Um, I got put into sailing camp when I was, uh, I think eight years old and, um, in retrospect, I also am like, that's pretty amazing that in the, the mid nineties, they were, you know, the sort of camp that I was going to was totally okay with, you know, me going out there in these boats on the bay and like, you know, not with a whole lot of oversight and, um, you know, meaning as a like type one kid, I'm sort of impressed that they were so okay with it. Um, cause I, I see like horror stories sometimes with parents, uh, talking about their kids online and like summer camps, like turning away their kids kind of scenarios. And that was so not my experience. Um, so I just kind of got put into sailing camp and just sort of took off with it and started working as a sailing instructor in high school. And then doing that through college. Um, when I got out of college, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do job wise. Uh, so I moved to California for a little while and got a sailing job. Um, I came back to New York, California didn't really stick for me. Um, and I kept trying to get science jobs, which is what I was sort of academically trained in. Um, but I was just having no luck. So I went back and started doing sailing work again in New York, uh, and sort of just kept doing it after that. I still do it now. Uh, like once a week I work in that, uh, field. So I have a lot of questions, but the first one is like, (laughs) what is it from your parents' perspective, letting you know, they're type one, just get on a boat completely isolated from, you know, medical emergent care. <laughs> Cause even I, like I'm kind of new to type one still. And even when like I fly, I think about like all the worst case scenarios that could go wrong. You know what I mean? Like I catastrophize in my head. <laughs> I'm sure at one point, you know, some point in my life I'll stop doing that. But like, what is it like being like so isolated on, you know, a boat or a ship like by yourself? I, I visualize you by yourself, but I feel like from your parents' perspective, that would be strange, like putting you on a boat with, you know, all these variables and just saying, hey, good luck. 
Yeah, and sorry, you, I, you cut out there for a second, but I think I, I think I got your question. Um, I, you know, it's, it's kind of, I never, I, my parents like really never held me back as far as what seemed like I could do as a type one. Like I just like never had that perspective that maybe there was something I couldn't do, you know? Um, I, in retrospect, I do, I am like, wow, that's pretty amazing that they're totally okay with that and they would send me out there you know with juice boxes and the you know instructors that I had knew you know what to keep an eye out for um but they really like just let me go for it um and I'm really fortunate that like that never that never like went you know terribly wrong um it certainly could have um but I think you know I, I also think back on like my youth sailing days and I'm like wow there's actually so many things that could have gone terribly wrong in those scenarios and and still can but I mean it's a you know youth sailing is a a thing that happens all over uh the coastal uh areas of uh, the country so um I don't know they 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 really like never even suggested to me that I should like hold back on anything like that you must have been a really responsible kid because I don't think that I would have been trusted with all of that. I wasn't a type one when I was you know, that age, but if I had been, I doubt I would have been trusted to like balance all of those things at once. Yeah. You know, actually like I think a lot of times that about much like, you know, having been diagnosed at four years old, like how, how much being a type one really like influenced my, um, what kind of person that I am. Um, and I was having this conversation actually a couple nights ago with my wife, um, of being like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, sort of compulsive and organized and like, you know, when it comes to diabetes, at least like really responsible. And I don't know if I would have had all those personality traits quite as much if I hadn't been a type one diabetic. Um, it's like hard to pull that apart. Like more reckless, maybe. Yeah, I think I definitely would have been a, definitely at least a more reckless teenager and college student. <laughs> See, I think I've lived both of those lives. Like, I, I, I sense my life's a lot different now that I'm type one. But I think in high school and college, and you know, I didn't have to balance all the things that you probably had to balance with type one and growing up. So I think that's pretty interesting. Well, kind of, it's funny that you said you're a different, in general, like, what do you think that diabetes has made you into? Other than being like, you know, self-aware and responsible and, you know, organized? Um, I think like those are, I mean, those are kind of like the good ways to think about it. Um, but I think that like, you know, having grown up with that sort of ever present, um, having to be aware of everything kind of going on with your body. Um, I think it's also had like negative effects as well. And it's hard to pull them apart because like it, it's traits that at the same time make me pretty good at being a, you know, a good diabetic, although I hate to like put that qualifier to it. Um, yeah. Like there's good and bad. Yeah. Like everybody's trying. Right. Um, yeah. but I think it's, it's, you know, I think that's also led me to be like a little bit anxious sometimes and just like, you know, oh, not yeah. able to fully relax. And I think that that was true when I was younger too, when a lot of other people were, just like a lot more relaxed and carefree. So what are the parallels with running? Like, how do you, how do you think that parallels to running? Cause I feel like someone who's not a type one and I've talked about this before on the show is like, 
is it possible that like being type one prepares you really well for being a runner? And like all these type ones out there, they don't know that they would make good runners until they start doing it. And then they're like, Oh, this is, you know, you have to be organized and self-aware of your body. And, you know, you have to foresee all these issues that could come about in the future, you know? So it's like, I'm always totally. curious to see. I think like, yeah, I think it definitely like makes it so that you're someone who's like inclined to, you know, follow like a plan. Right. So, um, whether that's like, this is what I'm going to do as far as, you know, pre-run nutrition or like, this is the exact workout that I'm going out to do right now. Um, you know, like it's, it's pretty impossible for all of us as type one runners to just be like, Oh, you know, you know what? I think I'll just like put on my shoes and like head out for do it. But there always has to be some kind of thought, um, you know, how far are you going? Cause if I'm going further, I need to carry some more things with myself, you know, et cetera. So I think that that definitely leads to being, organized about kind of training and your workouts um you know I'm, I'm always good at like tracking like my progress and i think that that's something that comes out of also being a type one yeah so when did you start running like how did that evolve from like being a sailor and maybe being into athletics that didn't require endurance into mm -hmm. being like you know an endurance type one you said it was college but like was that like you jogging on a treadmill after a workout or did you like sign up for a race? Cause um, I'm always, yeah. my secret goal with every episode is always try to inspire one listener, you know, to actually yeah, like sign know, up for a race I, or become a runner. And so I always try and pick a little piece of everyone's brain that might like spark someone's interest in like actually starting to run like wherever they are in their life. Maybe they're in college and they're in the same place that you were in and you say something that is like, Oh, you know, that's a parallel with what right. I'm doing. Maybe I should start running like Kate did. You know what I mean? Right. Like it can resonate and kind of make people realize what are the options are. Um, yeah. yeah, I started in college and I, I, it wasn't like a race. It was kind of like, uh, just like running around on campus or on the treadmill. Like, and I, and I would like do some, I would do other stuff in the gym too, but I actually started running um, mostly because of how much I hated it. <laughs> um, cause I had this like idea that, you know, running felt so hard. I had like run a little bit in high school and like before that in college, but you know, sort of like max going out for like a two mile jog and feeling like super defeated. Um, so because of that, I had like some concept of the fact that like I was not very good at running Yeah, <laughs> and I sort of was like, all right, well, if I can get to the point where like, you know, I can run like a 5k and just not feel awful, that that will feel like such a big accomplishment. Um, so that's what I did. I like worked really hard, um, my senior year of college just to like run three miles without stopping and like, you know, not feel like it was like a big deal. Um, and you know, I sort of have this like initial goal. I remember of, then it was like, I want to run a 5k in under 30 minutes, you know, and it kind of just like took it from there. And how did it feel like when you finished a 5k without feeling like garbage for the first time? Uh, it felt really good. I mean, I've, I've kept doing it now, so it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it definitely, uh, you know, it felt, it felt like, okay, like I'm maybe like, I'm not, a you know, incapable of like being okay at these types of activities 
Um, cause I think I, you know, a lot of like earlier time for me in high school and earlier college, like I just didn't feel like I was like up to par with some of my sort of more athletic friends. Um, and that kind of started to shift around then, which is convenient too, because, you know, post-college, a lot of people that are sort of athletic people kind of let it, let it fall and absolutely you know, become more out of shape. Um, so I sort of tried to take like the opposite approach and saying like, all right, I'm going to get better at this and I'm going to like make this part of my life now. So I'd like to peel back something that you kind of touched on because I can relate to it too. I'm not a natural mm -hmm. runner. Like I'm actually a terrible runner. Like if I never ran, I would gain so much weight and I would be strong, but I would be so infinitely slow. Like, um, like 10, 11 minute yeah. mile at best slow. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and not that there's people totally. out there that are running 10, 11 minute miles, um, and that's fast for them. So, but just retrospectively, like someone who looks at me, they think I would be like super fast, you know, cause I'm tall and skinny, but for some reason I'm just impossibly slow if I don't run all the time. And, um, <laughs> but I'm kind of like you, like I picked it almost as like, I think I picked it as like a punishment for myself. It was like a way to like repent for my, my own wrongdoings on a daily basis, you know, and I could like purge all these bad things in my life through running. Like it just had to feel. Yeah. Like it had, like yeah, I had to pick something that was like hard. So terrible. Yeah. Like going to the gym and enjoying my workout, like wasn't, wasn't enough punishment. You know what I mean? I needed to like sign up for an ultra marathon and like really, really give it to myself. You know what I mean? I needed to suffer. Um, <laughs> and so why, why do you think that like you could have done any, you could have like signed up for, you know, a hundred mile bike ride, or you could have started rowing or swimming, but like, why, why running? You know what I mean? Like why pick something that you're terrible at? And maybe you yeah, weren't terrible at it, but I, mean, I can say that cause I was terrible at it. Like, why would I pick something that I'm terrible at as a type one, yeah. knowing that like I'm going into like just these wall of variables that I'm going to have to learn and figure out for the next years. You know what I mean? Like it never really gets super easy. Mm-hmm. No, it's never like totally figured out because as soon as you think it is, like something changes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I also like wanted it to feel really hard. Like if it didn't feel really hard, then like, you know, I, I wasn't like accomplishing as much or something. Um, my dad was also, he was a runner when he was younger. Um, he was a cross country runner uh, in high school. So he had just... I kind of like grew up with him like talking about it. So I, and in some ways like talking about it and talking about, you know, the speeds that some of these people would run at. And like, and so in some ways it made me realize like how terrible I was <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. I started. Um, Cause I'm also like, I'm five foot three and like kind of squat, you know, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like a runner. No one looks at me and is like, Oh, you must be a runner. Um, so you're built for CrossFit. Definitely. They say like, That's Oh, you saying. must have like, you know, played rugby in, in college or something, but, uh, definitely not running. So you mentioned that you CrossFit, I think, right. Which makes sense. Cause you probably, like, uh, no, it sounds I like cr I cross train. Yeah. Cross train. I think it was yeah. maybe in one of your emails, you said something like that, but yeah, it sounds like you have like a body type of like the elite female CrossFitters. So we're all like shorter and stockier. Oh, everybody like looks at me and thinks like I would love doing CrossFit. Um, <laughs> and I'm totally sure that I would, but I, I also know given my personality that if I start doing CrossFit, I'm going to get like obsessed really into it. And yeah, yeah like I'm probably going to not run as much. And I don't know. I, I like, I do do a lot of uh, work with weightlifting too, partially 
partially because I was like naturally good at that. So that was like sort of the counterbalance to feeling like I was like a struggling runner is I've always been, um, you know, able to, you know, lift weights that were like heavier than average. Um, but I've done it now more in the past couple of years because I had running a few running injuries um, that I like went to PT for, et cetera. And I kind of had this like moment of I can't just run, you know, like I just can't. I need to do like other things too, um, to just to like prevent injury. And yeah. now I've been like I've been swimming and I've been biking and uh, I signed up for a triathlon this coming August. So I'll you know, kind of like forcing myself to, as I get a little older too, of like picking up some other athletic activities that aren't maybe going to totally destroy all my joints by the time I'm, you know, 45. <laughs> I think good for them and you'll be all right. Talk to yeah, me about the races. Yeah. So talk to me about the races that you have coming up. So we can, we can kind of fill in the gap real quick right now, but so you started running in college, you eventually got mm -hmm. into racing and like you know, signing up for casual events. Yeah. But you're here now. And so how did you get from college to living in Brooklyn, working at Parks and Rec and running with Type 1 Run? Um, so, so like, what's the, the general trajectory there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I went back to, I grew up on Long Island. So I went back to, you know, when I moved back east to New York City, um, which to county? get a master's degree. Uh, I grew up in Suffolk County on um, Long Island. Yeah. Um, Suffolk is like the further east one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I've, I've been so, to Staten Island a couple of times. I dated a girl in college that was from Staten Island. So I learned that the counties at least. <laughs> yeah. You learned, learned a little bit about Staten Island. Too. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I came back to New York um, to go graduate school and um, I got a master's in animal behavior and conservation. Um, and, uh, during that also started working in the maritime industry in New York city. Um, and then I stayed, I stayed in graduate school and, and did a PhD as well. Um, studying, uh, fish. And I kind of had this, you know, grand idea of maybe I can like combine my maritime work with my academic work, uh, you know, when I finish and, and do some sort of like research vessel type work. Um, but I knew I wanted to like also have a home life and not be, you know, sort of like out to sea for two months and then back for 30 days or something like yeah, that. Like a sailor. Um, yeah. And like, which is tough as a type one too. Um, so I, I kind of wanted like a home base um, and this, you know, sort of atypical job as the science and research manager uh, for Fresh Kills Park with New York City Parks popped up and said, well, that would be kind of cool. Um, and it's also waterfront. So I get to, uh, you know, be still near the water for that job. Um, so I, you know, I've been doing that for about three and a half years now. Uh, and in that all that time, I've also, you know, done a lot of races in New York City. There was like a little while where I was doing far less of them. Um, and then uh, I really like picked it up the past couple years because I got first involved with um, so some friends of a coworker um, who are were running and we we did a Ragnar relay together in the Adirondacks a couple years ago, um, and they were all like really fast runners. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean these are like these guys and they're great. They're they're all friends now and we we still you know do some races together, but. Uh, you know, this is like 
people running, you know, six something miles for, you know, a whole marathon <laughs> like that, that kind of runner, wow. which is totally not me. Um, yeah, but me either, <laughs> but it was at the same time, like really inspiring to be like on a team with those people. And I was the slowest one on that team. Um, but I kind of got to like take it all in of like how exciting it can be when you're like really being competitive and, that is like really sort of like made me just do more and more. Uh, so right now I'm trying to do the uh, New York Roadrunners has um, a, a program called Nine Plus One, where if you run nine New York Roadrunners races uh, during a calendar year and uh, volunteer at one event, that you get automatic entry into the New York City Marathon for the following year. Wow. Um, so I'm trying to do that, although right now I'm at like – zero plus zero <laughs> um i've done a couple races this year already but not new york roadrunners ones so they don't yeah. count so now so, i've had to like reorient and only are you gonna do you're gonna do the full marathon i'm hoping to in 2019 is what that would mean okay so that's your goal yeah. my my next question was going to be kind of like throughout this whole process of finding type one run like what was your goal in running was it, was it uh, to know, get I to the marathon distance or was it just to kind of enjoy the process of running and being healthy and having good blood kinda, sugars? It's kind of <laughs> in between, I think. Like, I'm always, like, trying to do some new, like, running goal, but I've shifted the past couple of years into more of, like, an overall fitness goal as well. Um, and luckily, that's, like, actually shifting that mentality. I've started to make a lot more of my running goals. Um, like, I've gotten a lot faster over the past year uh, by focusing on like overall health and fitness as opposed to like just focusing on running. So and that a, might not be the case for everyone, obviously, but yeah. for me, that's working. How do you define that? Like, what would you, like, if you could put up, you know, like a picture of yourself on the wall, not necessarily like body image self, but if you could pitch up, put mm -hmm. a picture of like the results of you being healthy and fit, like, what would that look like? Like, would it include your diabetes or not? Yeah, I think it totally does for me. Um, I definitely find that I also run a lot better when, you know, I have better blood sugars while I'm running. Um, you know, like, as anyone who's a diabetic and runs knows, like, it feels pretty terrible to be, yeah. you know, running at super low blood sugars or super high blood sugars. Like, it just doesn't work, right? So I think it's, like, all integrated as what's necessary for that overall sort of health and fitness to not just make the diabetes goals, but like to also make those fitness goals too. Absolutely. Um, so I think I just want to be like overall in good shape. It's actually like hard for me sometimes to think of myself as being in good shape. Cause it's just like never something that I really felt like I was. Um, and I realize now like that I, I am, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I want to like, keep that i think that's the thing for me is like i've made it this far and i just want to i just want to like maintain it um in a lot of ways <laughs> it's kind of an addiction i'm kind of i feel like i've fallen off the bandwagon because I, mm -hmm. I just had knee surgery a few days ago and i haven't really been oh. able to run a lot you know what i mean so like i've been yeah like i feel like i'm pretty integrated in the type one running community you know what i mean so <laughs> i feel like kind of a yeah i felt like a sham <laughs> for the past like three or four weeks because i haven't really been able to run you know what i mean so i've been interviewing all these people who are doing incredible races and, you know, having incredible training blocks. And here I am like, you know, today, like I'm looking at my knee right now and it's like three times the size of my other knee. So yeah, you're sad. <laughs> a little while. 
<laughs> yeah, but but I'm moving. I'm moving to Colorado next week, actually. So I'm hoping this heals quick because I got to hit the trails. Yeah, I heard running is like just absolutely great out there. Oh yeah, it it may or may not be one of the reasons we're moving there. <laughs> <laughs> so weird time to have knee surgery, but hey, I'll be I'll be a hundred percent soon. So yeah. excellent. What is the uh, so you have a hat the Brooklyn half coming up? What is your yeah, goal? The Brooklyn What's your goal for the Brooklyn weeks. half? Ooh. Uh, so you're like, and so you're hitting probably that? like you're hitting like a high mileage week this week or last week, right? Yeah. So this week was like pretty crushing. Um, <laughs> I had like an I had an eight mile tempo run uh, that I would have done Thursday morning, but I had some other stuff I had to do on Thursday instead. So I was like, oh, I'll do it Wednesday night, and then we just got hit with this heat wave uh, Wednesday Thursday this past week in New York City. And I was like, I can't do like an eight mile tempo run in like 92 degrees. Like I just don't oh, have that no. in me right now. Yeah. So I went like early Wednesday morning after also like biking and swimming on Tuesday. And then I had done like interval running on Monday and I just got like crushed in that, that run. Um, you know, I just like couldn't hold tempo pace. And, uh, this weekend right now is supposed to be a, a 12 mile long run. This is like the peak yeah, it's you know it's the highest mileage before. Uh, next week is like all tapering off. Yeah, what's your um, goal? What's your goal race pace? Yeah, so my goal was to do sub two hour uh, half marathon. Yeah, and yeah, there's so many like variables on race day, particularly oh, yeah. as a type one. Um, but also like I got placed into a corral that was pretty far back because my last race I did with New York Roadrunners was like I was like much slower. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was like, oh, this is all going to be terrible. So I decided to just go for it this morning, actually, down in rural Virginia. Um, and I did a, you know, half marathon by myself this morning. Um, Wait, like unsupported, I, like an unsupported half? Yeah. I mean, I just like went on a 13.1 mile run. You know? <laughs> like, nice. Really Wait, so before you tell us how it went, uh, like, how did you set up for this? Yeah. Like, where, did, do you have like a camelback with a bunch of stuff in it? Or, like, yeah. Are you, are you got, carrying I just, everything? I have like a, um, like a hydration vest now i used to have like a more i also have like a more substantial pack that i once in a while i'll commute home from work running um and so i can like actually fit some of my stuff in it yeah but i realized i needed something that was like much more conform to my body for actual longer distance running mm-hmm. um so i have like a hydration pack and you know i carry uh different like not gels but the honey singer chews um and I carry Skittles as like a, you know, just like a, I just need my blood sugar to go up, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, device. And you know, that's about it. Um, so I got up this morning and I recently started experimenting with the, you can super starch. Yeah. Um, and it's been working really well for me on long runs. So, uh, this morning I woke up, I had a, a scoop and a half of that and I had a hard boiled egg um, and I had like a whole, uh, a noon electrolyte tablet. Um, cause I've been sort of realizing like how important hydration is. I mean, I know that should be obvious, but, um, I feel like I'm not always good about hydration. Um, and I waited 30 minutes and then, uh, went out for the run. Uh, I use a pump, so I put myself down to a 50% basal rate, um, for, like an hour and 45 minutes, I think I said it for. Um, and I normally, I would start that like 15 minutes before, but I forgot to. So I started it right as I started running. Yeah. And so how'd it go? <laughs> That's what I'm super uh, curious. Like you can, 
feel free to walk me through that whole process because imagine, you know, you're just starting out running or maybe you just got diagnosed. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and ask you this now so I don't have to ask you later. It's like normally I ask people, you know, kind of their tips for someone who is new to running and has been Mm -hmm. type one for a while or who has been a runner for a while and just got diagnosed type one. And so you kind of walking us through this run will be super helpful, I think. It's just like how it went throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And then basically. you'll be able to talk to us about the end and then yeah. we'll kind of, we'll segue that. <laughs> we'll segue that into like, you know, your goal for two weeks from now. Sure. Um, so, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to give it a go down here is this is like one of the flattest places in the country <laughs> where I am right now. Uh, so it's, it's pretty like ideal give it a go conditions. Um, so I also use a Dexcom sensor um, and I have that hooked up to my phone. Um, so I'm able to kind of like monitor my blood sugars as I'm going, which I find is helpful just because I don't have to like stop to test. Um, so I actually didn't, I didn't stop at all uh, for this 13.1 miles. Um, you know, I just sort of like did everything while, while running. Um, and I got like, I would say at about, about five miles in is when I usually will do, you know, something as far as like glucose or fuel, um, et cetera. Uh, and I, I noted, so I, I had at mile five, I guess I had, um, one of the energy chews and then I had like another one at mile seven and I think another one at mile 10. Um, and I had, I consumed beyond that. Um, I consumed, let me think, uh, 16 grams of carbs, uh, via Skittles, which is, you know, totally not necessarily like the best running nutrition right there, but, uh, it works for me. <laughs> um, and I did that just cause like, I could sort of, I could see that I was like starting to drop about seven miles in. Um, and I find that that's like pretty typical for me is like, I can get, you know, sort of like a 10 K kind of distance in without a lot happening. Uh, but then after that, like I'll start to start to, you know, see some, some blood sugar dropping. Um, but I, you know, I, I, with the decreased basal rate at that point, it had been decreased already for like an hour. So, you know, that was also starting to like buffer how much I was dropping and making me drop a little bit less. What is your window? Um, Like when you're running, like what's your high and low window that you would like to stay within? (laughs) Um, I tend to keep things like pretty low. So uh, I'd like to be, <clears throat> sorry, I'm still coughing post, post run here. <laughs> um, but, uh, I like to really just be like above 80. Um, but I'll keep running if I'm in the seventies or even like high sixties, as long as I've just like consumed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Just cause as I, long as you feel okay. I'm kind of the yeah, same way, like, especially sometimes Dexcom can run a little lower when I'm running than I probably totally. am. So yeah. And unless I'm like, I can see that I'm like crashing and I'm, you know, in the sixties, like that's a different scenario than like yeah. I've been coasting down. Or if um, you start feeling it, like if I start feeling it, I know that, yeah, I probably am low. <laughs> like, right. If I feel it like while running, like when my legs are like already working hard and then I'm like, okay, this is, this is real. Yeah. This um, is it's bad. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I like, I usually like to, um, be, you know, sort of like between 80 to like, 150, I guess. Um, I woke up a little high this morning. Um, so that's always tough because, you know, I wanted to take a correction 
bolus, but like I didn't want to take too much because then if I have insulin on board while I'm running, yeah, uh, I just I just tend to like totally tank. So I had to kind of play with that a little bit. So I actually started my run at about 180, um, which is higher than I like to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that's exactly what I'm like shooting for when I go out. So yeah, yeah. So how did it end up like? Are you happy with today's run? It's actually interesting because I don't normally get to talk to people right after like a like a milestone long run. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was super happy with it. So I ended up uh, doing the the half in one hour fifty five minutes and thirty nine <laughs> seconds. That's incredible. Um, so I totally like you know crushed that goal basically. You know, four, over four minutes under the two hours. Um, yeah, and by yourself. And- like, imagine how much more motivated you'll be and like pumped up on actual race day yeah but see that's that's also like that's what's challenging as a type one runner sometimes right because that's totally true and i'm sure i'll like be faster in my first few miles on race day just because there's so much adrenaline um and like you're just so amped when you those kinds of big events start and there's Um, people around you and like you're just running with totally they're cheering but then i find that sometimes on race days like all that translates into suddenly my blood sugar is spiking and then i'm you know, getting super lethargic, like, you know, eight miles in, yeah. uh, cause my blood sugars are getting high. Mm-hmm. So at least like in this scenario, I had like way more control over everything. Right. Yeah. Like I knew exactly when I could start. I knew like nothing was going to like really set me off adrenaline wise, you know, like all, all of it was like more controlled. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy with it and I might beat it in two weeks. Um, but if I don't, at least now I know, like I made my goal. So <laughs> it's like, take some of the pressure off. You're definitely uh, going to beat it. Now. You're definitely going to beat it. Yeah. Actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to bring you on. Like, if you want, we can do like a five minute call in a couple of weeks and we'll yeah, add it. Like we'll how add it went. <laughs> yeah, we'll add it to your episode. Like, I'll just add it at the end of the interview, like, real quick. And I think that'll be pretty sure. cool. Sure. Yeah. So, what did, what, what did you like? What were your post run blood sugars? Um. So, I finished the run at like um, around 95. Um, and. Uh, the sort of predictable thing for me that started happening was, you know, it sort of like started to immediately creep up I and mean, yeah. I had all that, like, you know, missed basal cause I had reduced my basal insulin. Yeah. Um, and I just like always know that's going to happen. Um, somewhat luckily I had taken some wrong turns down here. So I had to walk a little distance at the end of the run to like get back to where I needed to be. Um, and that usually helps. So I usually actually try to walk after a longer run like that just to counteract that spike that I usually get. Yeah. Do you um, normally bolus uh, at the end of a run like that? Yeah. So I, and I did that too. So, um, I was actually, I'm down here to visit my grandmother. So I, I took like a unit, like right when I finally got to her, um, and we were about to like have lunch. So I knew that like, I wasn't going to, that wasn't going to like, you know, make me go low. Even if it's, even if it was, I was about to eat. Um, yeah. And then I just kind of like have been kind of giving myself like little amounts of insulin since then, um, just from like watching my blood sugars. Yeah. I it hasn't been too bad. I mean, I I got up to like 160, uh, which you know, like I'm like I'll take that any day after an effort like that this morning. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, and you're recovering, so feel, no telling like, what your yeah. blood sugar will do when you're recovering. Yeah, but it's not that like crazy spike into you know um, yeah. that can happen for me. What's funny is that post like long, hard efforts, I've had higher blood sugars than I would have thought. And I've had way lower blood sugars than I would have thought. Like it affects my sensitivity different on different days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You're never like quite sure how it's going to play out. Yeah. Type one is such a 
pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then, so talk about your try, like why a triathlon? You said August, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, I like to, I like to push myself. Um, you know, I did that first Ragnar relay a couple years ago. It was just because my coworker said like she had been asked to do it. And she was like, would I be crazy for doing this? And I looked at it and I, my immediate thought was like, no. And like, if you want to do it and they need somebody else, like I'll do it. Um, I think I just really, I really like having something to train for and something that's like really going to push me. Um, and I had started swimming. Um, and I'd only started swimming for like two weeks when I signed up for this triathlon. Like I was a little overly confident and <laughs> thinking like, all right, I can do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a sprint triathlon. So it's, it's not like none of the distances are really long. Um, you know, like I know I'll be able to like get through it. Um, yeah. and that's my, would be my first one. So, um, that's really just like my goal is to, you know, kind of like have a good experience. Yeah. If you've already been running, I'd say if you just don't drown within the first, like, you know, quarter mile or half a mile, like whatever the distance is for the run, it's probably like 800 meters. I'd imagine. Right. Yeah. I think it's even in this one is like 750 or something. Yeah. Um, so as long as you don't yeah, drown, you'll make far. it through. <laughs> right. Like, and then that part's over and like, I ride my, I, I bike commute to work sometimes. So I'm like, you know, I, I can ride a bike, right? <laughs> I can ride a bike for, you know, 11 and a half miles or whatever it is. And, you know, I can run a 5k after, like, maybe I won't have great times, but like, it'll be okay. Yeah. Well, dang, I hate to keep up all your Sunday, but I'll kind of give it back to you after we go through like the last section of the show, which I call tempo talk. And I'll ask you some sure. fast questions and you could take as long or as you know short as you want to answer. Real sugar okay. or artificial sweetener? I do artificial. Um, I got like, I, I do, I eat pretty low carb. So I, um, you know, I've just kind of shifted over to that. But that being said, I don't really use that much of it. I mostly just do like not sweet things. Yeah. When you say low carb, do you mean like paleo low or like no, keto low? No, I'm not. Yeah, like I'm not keto. Um, I, I tend to be around like 75 grams a day. Okay. But some, some days, you know, some days I eat a bunch of tacos and it's much higher. um, Yeah. So you're a normal person. (laughs) Yeah. But I do like, I definitely, you know, relative to like most Americans, I guess I I eat really low carb. Yeah. Favorite pre-race meal. Uh, that one's tough. Um, I'm going to say half of an avocado, um, hard boiled egg and a low carb waffle with peanut butter on it. Is this like right before or like two or three hours before? No, like, like, like two hours before. So two hours before Brooklyn, you're going to wake up, eat all that. <laughs> That's the hard thing. Yeah. I'm so early. <laughs> Today I just had an egg, uh, and the, the, you can super starch. Yeah. Uh, so I think now that I'm starting to use the, you can super starch, um, stuff that, it's kind of shifting my previous nutrition mindset a little bit. So I'm actually going to take like a bottle of that mixed with me to the half. And then like 30 yeah. minutes before the start, I'm going to drink it. Yeah. I know a lot of type ones who are super successful on the, you can, I still haven't tried it. I got to get, on yeah, I'm in, you gotta try. I'm really happy with it so far. Favorite food you did a huge portion of if you were not type one. Uh, definitely pizza, but that's also, I'm also have celiac disease. So like there's multiple reasons I can't eat good pizza. Uh, I've had some incredible, 
uh, I've had some incredible gluten-free pizza. Yeah, but like, you know, I grew up on Long Island. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't. It's just oh, not the same. I forgot. I miss Long it. Islanders. I miss it so much. Long <laughs> Islanders are so weird about pizza and bagels. Yeah, and egg sandwiches. Yeah. What is it like? Oh, the water makes the pizza and bagels on Staten Island better than everywhere else in the world. There's subway ads that say that in New York City. Too. I know, and I don't <laughs> buy like... it. I don't buy it. Like, I've, I've, I've heard the speeches from New Yorkers, and I just don't buy it. My favorite pizza is Papa John's, though, so I'm a terrible, terrible, I'm a terrible so you're example. Not, you're not a good judge here. <laughs> I love all pizza. That's uh, true. So something you wish everyone knew about Type 1? Um, I think it's that it's never, like, it's never figured out. You know, like, there's there's constant management, Um you know, it's such a, it's such an invisible disease. Right. And that's, that's part of why like having this type one running community and then also just like other type one community has been really great for me. Is like, nobody really gets it. Um, like I hate when people ask me like, Oh, like you have a pump. Like, does that mean, you know, everything's kind of like leveled out now? And I'm like, (laughs) you know, no, that's not like, (laughs) and like, yeah, like I'm doing well, but that doesn't, it doesn't mean that that doesn't require like constant energy and effort, you know? And I think that there's this idea that like, Oh, you got like your dose adjusted and like now it's level. And I'm like, no, as soon as I stop like actually working at it, like, you know, within hours, right. Like sometimes it's like going to just be totally off. Um, you know, I think people think it's more like other kind of endocrine diseases almost of like, oh, your thyroid was slow and now your thyroid medication sorted out. Now you just have to take it and then like not think about it. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like you just move on and, with your life. Yeah, and I think about that way with celiac disease too. Like, you know, I've, been, I've had celiac disease for around, being diagnosed anyway for I think it's around like six years. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, that is just like so easy. Because <laughs> I'm like, wait, all I actually have to do is not eat gluten. Like, Okay, yeah. really? Like, that's it? Yeah. Like, Problem solved. Like, yeah, like, we're done. All right, great. Like, yeah, I miss those things, but, like, oh, I don't be, have to think about it. Or, it'd be like, great you know. if type 1 got that way at some point. Like, there's some day exactly. like, where you just take a pill, and it's like, oh, you know, type 1's good for the yeah, day. Yeah, I got to remember to do that, but, like, that's it. Yeah. And it's going to work, you know? That's awesome. Well, uh, where can people follow you? Where's the best place to track, like, you? And, like, do you, like, are you going to do, like, live Instagram updates on the day of your race or anything like that? Um, I might, I haven't figured that out. I know there's, there's another, somebody else from the New York city type one run group is running in it too. So I Mm -hmm. imagine we'll post something at the end. Uh, and then I'm on Strava, um, as Kate field. Uh, and that's where I kind of do most of my running sort of communication. Nice. I'm going to add you now. I need, I need more Strava followers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. Um, exactly <laughs> awesome. yeah so i'm gonna start following you well dang thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing that was awesome yeah thanks for having me three weeks later hello cat what's up hey how are you good um how are you i'm good i'm good I'm i saw to go the... camping tomorrow oh so that's what i was i was wondering like if you were like headed out to work or no just going Gone up into the mountains for a few days. Nice. What? Uh. Well, how was the race? I saw the pictures. Um. <laughs> I think I saw two. I saw one or two pictures. 
There wasn't a lot, but and yeah. I, I also saw your write up on it. I think in the the Type One Diabetic Athletes group, which was awesome. Um, yeah, probably I put it up there. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was it was really good in the end, but oh man, was it a rough rough start. Um, it was forty nine degrees and raining <laughs> before the start. Yeah. I mean, just like raining, raining, not like a light drizzle, <laughs> like full rain in the start corral for you know over an hour were you ready for it or were you um, getting soaking wet? which is um i tried to be prepared i like brought socks to put on right before i start you know to like change i had like a poncho i, I like tried to take off my you know i took off my poncho and like the sweatshirt that i brought to just like throw in the giveaway bin um and like put on, on my running jacket right as I was starting, but it was so sort of like frantic, and uh, there were these huge lines at the porta potties. I think as everyone was taking like so much longer because they had so many layers on, yeah. <laughs> like you know. And I finally like got into one, and I could like barely get like my shorts back on because everything's like soaking wet, you know. Mm. Um, so, I, but it, it went well, and I managed to stay like you know, my feet were like fairly dry for the first mile and a half. And then I hit a big puddle and I was like, Oh, well, that's that for the rest of this run. You know, we're just going to run completely soaked. So I think we talked exactly two weeks ago around what well, would have been. Yeah. It was close to two weeks ago, maybe two, yeah, two and a half like, weeks ago. Yeah. Like two and a half, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so how did like training and everything go? Cause that last time we talked, you had just come off of like a sub two hour self-supported half marathon yeah i sort of was like right at the peak of the training cycle uh the last time we talked and so you tapered um, so and yeah, rested I, I had, and... yeah i tapered i had that like weird feeling that i've had the other times i've tapered where you're like is this really all i'm supposed to be doing right now it just yeah. feels so weird to go from like running you know uh you know like you know just really long runs you know multiple times a week to just like all right i guess i'm gonna go out for a two mile tempo right now Um, but but you know it's it's obviously there's a reason that we do that and i felt really rested on race day so that that was good how did your blood sugars act for like the like the taper weeks like do you Um, like when you do that like do you calculate for extra insulin in order to compensate for the the loss of miles fine that i yeah i didn't find that I really needed it. I kept, I was still went to the gym. Like I swam during that week, um, just to like keep moving, but not, you know, not use my like muscles too heavily. Um, and that I think helped in that aspect. Yeah. So you didn't like have to increase your insulin a whole bunch for that week or anything like that. I didn't, I might've had to like a little bit, but it wasn't enough that I took strong notice of it. Yeah. Well, and so you get into race. If you want, you can spoil everyone and let them know that you met your goal. I think I think your goal was what sub two. Yeah, my goal was sub two. But then you know, a couple of weeks ago, when I sort of did that just on my, my own running thirteen miles, I was like, "Well, you said I knew." Now goal. I want to see if I can do yeah. sub one fifty five. So. And you and so spoiler alert. I think was it one fifty four maybe. Yeah, one fifty three forty six. Wow. So. Yeah, I was really happy with it. That's incredible. What is that? Um, is that like a which like was an actually eight? like I want to say that's like an eight. It's like an eight forty pace. Wow. I think. Okay. 
841, I think. That's pretty um, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, like I mean, really good. It showed me that I was not pushing enough on some other things. I, in that half marathon, actually like set a 10K record for myself. So I, I definitely am not generally running hard enough on my shorter race distances. Or maybe um, the cold, fun, wet. Though. Maybe cold and wet days just are in your uh, in your favor. Yeah, you know, in some ways it's like it was mid fifties and a little bit rainy during the run, which you know it was like no overheating. It was sort of like lovely to run in, even though it was so miserable to wait around in it to run. Yeah, it's so but yeah, it felt it felt great. <laughs> how did like the overall race go for you though? Like, if you could kind of share some of the moments that you think maybe you didn't expect or like maybe you didn't plan for other than the weather. Yeah. I, you know, I've never like pushed that hard for that long. Um, you know, I've done, I've run a half before, but the last time I ran like a, an actual, you know, like organized race half was, uh, Oh God, 11 years ago. So I've done, you know, some runs of that distance, and you know since then but not as a race so i it's just been a really long time since i put that kind of like race effort out for that long um so i did go out a little bit fast and like you know most people do but i think also particularly because it was so cold and wet that it seemed like almost everyone was going out fast because everyone was just sort of like trying to get moving and warm up um I was, I don't know. I felt like I was pretty lucky because I, I was like so determined at that point that I didn't want to stop at any like, you know, fluid stations. And my, my, uh, my apartment is actually on the route and is exactly at like the halfway point of the Brooklyn half marathon. Wait, so you had to run um, past your apartment? <laughs> so I went right past my apartment, but that also meant that, um, my wife was there and, and I was able to like pass off my running jacket, which I didn't want anymore at that point and just like grab a bottle mixed with, you know, water and a noon tablet <laughs> from her and just like keep going. Um, so I just was able to like, not have to make like any stops whatsoever. Yeah. That was helpful. Did yeah, you have exactly. to do any, did you do anything <laughs> special for the race that you didn't do for your training run a couple weeks ago in terms of insulin? Um, what I did do is I used a little bit more of the, you can super starch stuff that i and i know a bunch of other type one runners have started kind of messing around with um so i used uh almost two scoops of that which i brought like into the star corral and tried to drink you know about 30 minutes before start um and then i did go run a little bit you know i was running a little bit high on race morning from the adrenaline and then i did spike up a little bit at the beginning too uh like right when the you know i actually started i went up a little bit more so I hit like 220, I want to say. Uh, but then by like mile five, I was sort of like back down in the mid hundreds and finished at like 80 something. So I, you know, it went like pretty smooth. Um, I did like a 50% basal rate for, um, you know, all but the last 15 minutes of the race to then try to, you know, have some more insulin going by the time I finished. Um, I did spike up in the afternoon is, is like hard to avoid for me in those kind of scenarios. Uh, but overall it was like pretty smooth. Did you bolus at the end of the race at all or no? 
I did. I think I took a unit um, and had, uh, no, I took a, like a unit and a half and had an, an apple, which was like in the recovery bag. Um, it wasn't for like another few hours after that that I started to spike up. That's awesome. Well, I'm proud of you and I'm jealous that you're and getting a run. I still thank haven't. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been running yeah, as much, even though like I'm in the, I'm in the Mecca of running and I really have only taken like 10 or 15 steps of running <laughs> just to like know that it exists again, you know? And then I, then I stopped cause my knee, but you're doing incredible. What's your, uh, what's yeah. the next race? Like what's your, I guess next target. Um, I've got, uh, it's a new river runners, women's 10 K, um, in two weeks from saturday well, now so you're a, now you're a master to, like, half I, I've been, I went on so. two runs this week to yeah so i'm just trying to like loosen up before then really and and just keep moving but cool. this weekend's going to be like sitting around at a campsite you know eating a lot of food and not getting any exercise so i'll have a lot of recovery <laughs> to do next week well, i feel like the funny thing about running though is that like yeah you just ran a half but I guarantee you in a couple of weeks, you got to run this 10 K and now you're going to be like, all right, well, I ran a half at this pace. So I should be able to run a 10 K at this pace. And you like just absolutely smoke yourself trying to hold that pace for a 10 K. Cause you're probably going to try and beat your 10 yeah. K record that you set during your half. Right. Yeah, totally. And that's the funny thing is like near runners, the way that they give you a, what's called a best pace in their, their system, which is, determines like what start your corral you're in for a lot of their races um and i ran like a four miler with them a few weeks ago and that updated my best pace to like 833 or something like that and it's your best pace for a predicted best 10k that you would run Mm -hmm. and then after this half it jumped down to 814 and i like cannot imagine doing a 10k at an 814 pace it's like not my usual yeah. But now exactly. I'm like, well, apparently that's what they think I can do. So now I got to go out there and try to make that happen. Well, I think you got it. So I know we'll <laughs> I know myself and I'm sure everyone will be kind of looking at your Instagram or Facebook and kind of seeing how it goes. Hey guys, so that wraps up today's show. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. It's an incredible way to get fresh episodes delivered straight to your phone every week. If you think you or anyone you know would be a perfect interviewee for the show, make sure to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at type one run podcast or at type one run.org slash podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Train hard, train happy, and leave no ones behind.